Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer Skate Studios, behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for November 7th, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, Gateway Editor and NCHCHockey.com writer, Jordan McAlpine. Behind the Masks College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Dine in, take out, or catering your next event. We're at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and now at all Allegiant Stadium events as well. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. By Boost Mobile. With Boost Mobile, you can always get plans and phones that fit your needs. And by Burrito Express. The East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito. Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans. It is College Hockey Southwest Live. It's our reaction show where we react to everything that happened over the past weekend in NCAA hockey. Scott Strandy from the portable Summer Skates Studios in beautiful Blackhawk, Colorado, about 9,000 feet up, something like that. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out in that beautiful palatial estate on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you tonight? Well, I do not think that my basement is 8,000 feet up. Oh, okay. I, okay. I mean, well. as far as I know, I, there, <laughs> I, have, I have no windows, so I, I can't uh, tell, but I had to go down. Uh, well, th this is my second trip here, Paul. Um, right? I stayed at the Isle Casino last time. Uh, today I'm at Lady Luck. They are connected by a walkway, but um, the, the city of Blackhawk is an old mining city. And when you drive up here, I mean, it, it's like a narrow main street road with casinos and hotels on both sides of it. Uh, and then mountains straight up. I mean, it's not even, it's not even a half a mile wide. It's, uh, it, it's, it's just crazy, but what a beautiful place. Uh, Harris, of course, and Caesar's properties. I was doing a fantastic job for us and, uh, we appreciate it as always. Okay. As Straight we, up, uh, not good for the transmission, by the way, it's what not good for the transmission. No, <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> Once you go up, you got to come down too. Um, so anyway, a beautiful put seventy-eight. That in neutral, that's easy. You just put that in neutral and let it go. Yeah, a beautiful seventy-eight degrees in uh, Denver today, um, man. And November seventh. Who would have ever thought uh, we'd be spending uh, seventy-eight degree days in Denver, Colorado? Or at least I would. 
Well, yeah. Well, listen, if anybody, <laughs> listen, there's, there's, you know, one of us gets to go on the road and get the, the red carpet royalty treatment <laughs> and the rest of us get to stay in the basement. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, um, let's, uh, let, let's talk a little NCAA hockey because this was the first, uh, weekend of nchc regular season play and there were a lot of great matchups i saw one in colorado uh at colorado springs i should say in colorado college and um there was also uh, a good one in north dakota a good one in omaha um a good one in miami ohio and no. it wasn't that oh that was in omaha i'm sorry the other one yeah. was in western michigan at Lawson. i got all four of them now finally i figured it out well um, it was Let's put it this way. It was uh, the Friday games. It's just weird. The Friday games seemed like they were all up for grabs. And the Saturday games seemed a lot more one-sided. I don't know if that's a function of the fact that um, the, the home teams or I don't even, I don't, I don't know. It just seemed weird that the Friday games were all, could have went either way, and the Saturday games were more blowout-ish. Well, we'll get into that because our guest tonight, our, our monthly guest, uh, Jordan McAlpine, is going to join us here in about you know, 13, 14 minutes or so. Uh, so when we get Jordan on, we'll dig into the NCHC. In the meantime, uh, we do cover Arizona State as well. They had the week off on a bye week, and next right. week, Paul, they are headed to where? Uh, Hamden, Connecticut. Oh, boy. The home of Quinnipiac, the Bobcats. Yeah, and I, and I think that that, and I know we'll talk about this on Tuesday probably, but um, that's an interesting series to me. Uh, beside, I mean, forgetting about just the ASU aspect of it in terms of rooting interest, but um, I think both of these teams will have um, something to prove. Um, Quinnipiac looked really good playing against North Dakota, but they've kind of struggled in the four games since. And and we don't know what ASU is yet. Now they've been up and down. I mean, right. uh, sometimes so they looked they are. really, really good. Sometimes they looked uh, not so good. Right. Um, you know, they lost two tough ones to uh, Denver to start the season, and then all of a sudden Denver struggled on the road and hasn't won on the road yet. Yeah, so... so. Uh, We'll get into all that. But anyway, that's where ASU is headed. That's why we don't have a whole lot to talk about with ASU tonight, except I still think that uh, uh, Matthew Copperhead is leading the league in scoring or leading the country in scoring yeah. still. Or I'm not well, sure. I, mean, I have to double check about that. wins. That's, that's yeah, wins. I hear you. I hear you. And magic numbers, because those are your two favorite things, wins and magic numbers. Well, they're, uh, they're almost the same. You can only yeah. win one game at a time. <laughs> And we'll get back to that. Uh, and then, of course, Air Force went on the road to Niagara. Um, and, Paul, what uh, happened there? That was a I, – I can probably tell you. I mean, I, we haven't – I don't have to speak to Coach Serratori to know that uh, he was probably not happy with the play, way they played on Friday night. Um, they're up 3-2 midway through the third period and just – you know, you expect at least at that point that Air Force is going to get the game into overtime, uh, and they give up a a goal with 
uh, about eight minutes left to go in the game and give up a second one uh, with about a with just over a minute to go uh, when it looked like the game was going to go into overtime. Um, it it was a back and forth game, but I I thought that uh, you know usually Air Force doesn't give up those leads like that in conference play. And, and well, I can't imagine that the coach can be too happy. I'm not uh, going to make any excuses for them because they don't need me to make up excuses and they don't want to hear any excuses. But um, I'm telling you, when you're missing a guy like Willie Rhyme, we know what Willie means to that uh, that hockey team. And um, when you're missing him, uh, it, it's a different, um, especially at times like that, closing out games because he's such a leader and he's so talented and he's so – much a force for the other team to consider. So um, so I think that doesn't help. And then, as Frank said, they're a young team. And um, as we all know with their force, they don't really come on till the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, giving up uh, you know, a goal like that late uh, was difficult. But they came back Saturday and got the win, right? Uh, yeah, overtime? They, they, they won the game in a shootout. Shootout, yep. yeah. Um, Your favorite thing, the shootout? Yeah, I'm not a real, not a real big fan of the shootout. Um, I just much rather them either leave it as a tie. They don't want to play ties. Then okay, then you know what? Let's try uh, an extra two minutes instead of a shootout. I know they talk about not wanting players to get hurt, but it's it's you know. And I was actually kind of a fan of the shootout at the beginning. I'm like, all right, nobody wants a tie, but you know what? It's not hockey. It's it's hard to to settle a game that way. I think it's, I mean, it's not, and 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 you know what? I mean, actually, even made, three on three is is crazy. But anyway, but at least it's it it resembles hockey. Yeah, it you does. Know, I, it I, does I, resemble I, it, but uh, ask Dominic Bassey about uh, what three on three did for him on Friday night because um, he he got lit up uh, in the game winner for uh, Saint Cloud State. It was a bad rebound, but there yeah. was no help. There was nobody on no. the ice to help him. But it's still. Uh, but like I said, at least they're playing the game. Yeah, I get it. You don't want to see. You don't want to see Connor McDavid in a shootout or something like that. No. <laughs> Uh, and, and by the and, way, and, Connor and, and, McDavid you know, doesn't need a shootout to score. Oh, my lord! I mean, oh jeez! If you have, if you have not seen that one-on-four goal from Connor McDavid, I mean, that's if you're not including the goalie, which would make it one-on-five. <laughs> um, Can I tell you two oh things about God. that, Paul? Uh, uh, three things. Number one, Connor was visibly upset that he didn't hold the puck in at the blue line before he started that. Um, secondly is he goes through, like you said, four guys, and the goaltender was so surprised, I think, that he actually got through them. It was the Rangers, right, Paul? <laughs> um, yeah, it was a team from Manhattan. I'm sure Rob is very happy about that. Um, you know, so, I mean, let's face it. Connor McDavid is the second fastest skater in the NHL. So he so, yeah, so he gets through he everybody. contest. Yeah, so, I'm just saying. Uh, 
So when he gets through the through the four people and the goaltender's shocked that he's there, it was like, ah, this is easy. Uh, so that's the second thing. And the third thing is nobody nobody could touch him with a body. Nobody. They all just tried to stick poke it away from him. And I heard this on, on NHL Network the other day. They said, you know, nobody could think about maybe we should take a penalty and hook him or hook his stick. Um, but then I looked at it again and again. Four and again. guys could want any, any one of them could have hit him. I know, but then I looked at it again and again and again, and I said, I just don't think that any of those four guys thought that he was going to do what he did. I think they thought, you know, there's four of us here. He's not trying to go through all of us. <laughs> Guess what? He went through all of you. And the goalie. <laughs> and the goalie. Yeah. And then, then afterwards, I love his comments. He says, you know, I get paid to do that. That's my job. Well, that's good because then the other guys should be fired because they clearly didn't do theirs. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, so let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's bring on Jordan McAlpine and let's dig into this NCHC start of the regular season and uh, find out what Jordan has to say in about three minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This indeed is College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy with you tonight from uh, beautiful Blackhawk, Colorado, about 8,000 feet above sea level in this beautiful 
front range of the Rocky Mountains. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein out on beautiful Long Island, New York, um, where Paul tells me he's not at 8,000 feet elevation. So we'll, uh, we'll take his word on that. And it's our pleasure to bring on the uh, editor of The Gateway and the NCHC.com writer, Jordan McAlpine. So um, we'll, we'll bring Jordan on and we'll talk some NCHC hockey if he's, uh, if he's ready to go. Um, and I believe he's ready to go. Uh, we're close. I think he's there. Jordan Scott. Uh, wait, hold on. Hold on. How are hold you? on a second. Hold on a oh, second, what? Jordan. What? Hold on. Get it right. It's nchchockey.com. Oh, yeah. nchchockey.com. Okay. Thank you, Paul, for correcting me. Jordan, Scott and Paul with you. How are you tonight? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing we all are right, doing man. wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't know if I want to come on earlier. Uh, looks like the uh, relationship between you guys was a little bit testy there on Twitter this afternoon. So I'm uh, coming into a hostile environment here. <laughs> listen, li- li- listen, let me tell you something right now, Jordan, okay? All right. This is testy. I don't. That's not the word here, okay? But somebody's got to keep him in his place. That's just the way it is. You know, he's he's the big wig in college hockey. I, I understand like, so. that. I understand that. Well, this is what I'm saying. Somebody's got to keep his feet on the ground somewhere, somehow. <laughs> Why and, do you think uh, I'm at 8,000 feet? Yes. Yeah, yeah, this is, you know, so somebody anyway, has to do it. Anyway, I've had enough of this. <laughs> I see what I mean. He's, he's, uh, this is... Anyway, anyway, Jordan, thanks for joining us. Uh, NCHC hockey underway, regular season underway this weekend. Uh, we got so much to talk about. Let's start right with you and uh, and, and give us uh, your overview of the weekend before we dig into these individual series. Yeah, it was a uh, fun weekend to cover specifically here in Omaha. I know uh, Miami took game one of that series, game that uh, UNO actually pretty largely outplayed Miami, outshot him 35-13. Ludwig Pearson stood on his head, and uh, as it seems in the NCHC, a lot of people will consider CC and Miami the two bottom feeders, but they might have the two goaltenders who are most likely to steal a game for their team. That uh, One through eight, obviously it's no easy task, and then kind of looking around the rest of the conference, well, also with Omaha, I know coming back in game two, kind of duplicated that same effort and uh, Pearson got pulled out to the second period. Good win for the Mavs to get back on track there, but North Dakota, Denver did not lack entertainment. Uh, I know CC and St. Cloud state went to the brink Friday night overtime game. And then uh, Western Michigan and Duluth was two of the top teams in the conference dueling it out to a split. So definitely a uh, fun way to ring in the new year of NCHC. Oh, first of all, Jordan, uh, well, so you mentioned it first, uh, People have to understand, and some people do, and some people, you know, it's just because it's not necessarily the kind of thing. If Ludwig Pearson was named first team All NCHC last year, and he played on the the, the eighth place team in the conference, <laughs> so <laughs> on any night that you know he can steal games, as you said, and you know that that's exactly what that game was on Friday night. And I'm sitting here trying to, you know, watch as many of the games as I can. And you and you probably so you know what happens. Guys start going to the bench, shaking their heads, like, what do we have to do? And you know, Omaha kept coming back in that game. And it just seemed like every time Miami took a shot, it went in. Yeah, and it, it was one of those things. Miami only had three shots in the third period in that game Friday night and scored on two of them in a nineteen second span. And uh 
I'm pretty sure if I remember right, they had either an eight or nine minute drought between shots on goal there. And then obviously right place, right time, cash in on it. But I, I know one big thing, um, Friday night we had Brock Bremer and Tyler We speak post game for the Omaha portion of it. Right. Like you just touched on yourself, Paul, going back to the bench there, it's kind of a what the hell do we do now type of thing. You're peppering the kid, 35 shots on goal, getting chances, cycling pucks around the zone and can't get anything to go. More so a frustrating loss than anything. But the other thing I'll add on that is uh, Miami's had Omaha's number here the last few years. They, coming into this weekend, had won five of the last seven and actually shut out Omaha in three. Before last season, three of the last four um, games between the two. That It's a team that's given Omaha fits there. And also in game two on Saturday night, I know the Mavs got two goals in the second period, but... Didn't come easy again with Pearson, and kid stood in his head. There's definitely a reason he's the top or the uh, preseason this season, and then at the end of last year, the first team all conference goalie. He uh, he shows the caliber with it, but I know as cliche as it sounds, the big message from the Omaha dressing room after that first game was just got to keep doing the same thing over and over and hope the results follow. And thankfully, from the math standpoint, they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they they. I'm sure they'll, you know, you, you put it behind you. You don't like to lose at home. But in this conference, uh, anything, anything can happen on any given night um, because of the fact that, you know, if Miami and CC were in another conference, I'm not saying they would win those conferences, but they wouldn't be seven and eight. That's for sure. No, they, they'd definitely be one of the top dogs with it. And that that's another thing I will say. With Omaha, I know coming into this weekend, a lot of the uh, perspective around the country with it, and to a to a fair point with most of that was who have the Mavs played coming into it. You take Lake Superior State out of the picture, and their previous opponents were combined two seventeen and one this season. That uh, I know you hang seven on Long Island there, which isn't isn't exactly hanging seven on the St. Cloud States, North Dakotas of the world. That you come into that Miami series riding a wave of confidence. I'm sure it's a little bit of a uh, a blow to drop that first game there to come back, but I, I will say from Omaha's standpoint, they uh, ran into a hot goaltender, and thankfully, uh, I, I will say if they would have suffered a sweep this weekend, especially heading into St. Cloud's with oh. a good potential to start the year 0-4 in conference play, that uh, would have been a real uh, the, the deflate to the sails of this hot start the Mavs have getting off to, so... Okay, we got more to talk about, more, but before we do that, Jordan, I don't know if you've seen it, but Paul and I started uh, two weeks ago. This is be the third week of our Super 16 because we thought, you know what, we, we want to have some input in these polls too. Everybody else does, so why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he stands behind me okay. with a whip in a chair, and he says, do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So, so Jordan, it's a talking point more than anything, but I'm going to read you this week's, and I'm going to introduce it uh, to the audience as well. So listen closely. Uh, digest it, and then we'll ask you for your opinion on it, okay? So rip, rip it to shreds is what you're yeah, saying, right? Sure. Yeah, if that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah, if that's what it takes, do it, my friend. Um, okay, so here we go. Number one, St. Cloud State. Number two, Minnesota State. Number three, Minnesota Duluth. Number four, Michigan. Number five, Nodak. Uh, number six, Quinnipiac. Number seven, Western Michigan. Number eight, Denver. Number nine, uh, some kind of gophers. Uh, number 10, UMass Lowell. Uh, number 11, Bemidji State. Uh, 
Number 12, Omaha. Number 13, Lake Superior State. Number 14, UMass. Number 15, Bowling Green. And number 16, Harvard. Your thoughts? Yeah, I I like the list. Uh, just kind of going off the top of my head here, reading reading back a few of those. I'll I'll go uh, I'll go bottom top with it. I uh, like the Lake Superior State pick there. Seeing them the first week, and I know coming into it losing Calder, especially a lot of the uh, narrative was out on what type of team Lake Superior State was going to bring back with their big physical bunch. Made it tough to play against uh, from the Omaha perspective with it. That's about perfectly where I'd put them right now. It's kind of in that 12-13 range, which is where I'm expecting them to come out when the polls come out tomorrow afternoon with it. I know, uh, especially if they would have got swept, the let the mind wonder how, fall, how far they would have fallen in the rankings with it nationally. But uh, I do think salvaging the split out of it and going into St. Cloud State especially with the win up there will vault them back up. Um too low on your Western Michigan pick. <laughs> All right, I, uh, listen, I got it at I, seven. I would, if you want to, we could argue this. That's fine. I, I will say in their defense, I do think they're one more, one, two more quote-unquote signature wins away from uh, really having that resume strengthened, but especially from the way they played Michigan a couple weeks ago and then with Duluth this weekend. I, uh, I do think Pat Fershweiler's got something special cooking up in Kalamazoo this year. And uh, your top four is about spot on. I would. Uh, I know, Paul, you're going to ask me at the end of the uh, end of the show. I'm assuming, uh, like last time, I was on the uh, the top four in the country. There, I would. Uh, I'd entertain whether it's Duluth, Quinnipiac, or Western Michigan. One of those three in that uh, in that top four. Like I said, I know Western. It's lacking a couple more wins. I don't have their schedule in front of me, but if I remember right, they've got Denver and St. Cloud State the next yeah. two series back to back. That uh, especially, I'm see them especially in Denver, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, especially if they somehow pull a winning record, whether it's a split out of that or even a three and one, that uh, that bodes very well for that team in my eyes with it. But uh, I, I do think. Um, I'd go St. Cloud State, Michigan, Minnesota State in that order as my top three in the country. And then, like I said, Quinnipiac, I will be the first one to say I have not watched a minute of Quinnipiac hockey this year, so I cannot uh, give you a very fair assessment on that end. But between them, obviously, Nodak's always going to be up there, Duluth and uh, Western. I I think one of those four teams all, all can make a very valid case. Well, see, I have to tell you, I watched the two games that Quinnipiac played against um, the North Dakota, okay, um, and uh, and they honestly should have swept North Dakota, okay. Um, but at the same time, I've watched their games, you know, a lot of their games uh, since then. Um, not that AIC is a bad team, but. But you went to overtime twice against AIC. You you won one, and the other ended up in a tie. Um, we don't know what Yale is yet, and we don't really know what Brown is yet. So it's really, um, you know, most of it was struggling putting the puck in the net. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, all right, I can't drop them too far because I thought they were really good against North Dakota. Uh, but have kind of struggled, certainly the score, uh, 
you know, against teams they shouldn't struggle against. So I don't know. But, I mean, it's not like I say, oh, they're horrible. I have them at six. So, you know. Yeah, and, you know, the, the one thing I will add on that is uh, don't get me wrong. It's obviously whether it's for us or whoever else around the country, fun, uh, fun topic to discuss rankings in any sport. But at the end of the day, it's November 7th right now. That uh, oh, yeah. the, 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 the discussion, number one, is going to be a, a mute point here in about a month and a half, two months with most of these teams, to be bluntly honest when you look at it that yeah. way. But also, also most of these teams haven't really had a test. That uh, these first few weeks of conference play, whether it's the feeling out process, but also just kind of to see who's the real deal. What's uh, you look at NCHC specifically? You look at a Western. You look at an Omaha type of team that are on the fringe. Do they put it together? That I, I do think these next two three weeks are going to be really telling, but also another situation where you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself with a lot of this stuff. Well, you were the guy that 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 really tipped me off to Western Michigan. So I've been paying more attention <laughs> to them um, since the start of the season than I might have otherwise. Um, and yeah, they got beat by Duluth in that second game, but um, I mean, you, you, they've lost to Michigan in overtime and Duluth. And they very well could have swept that Michigan yeah, series yeah. if you remember. Right, Ethan Frank's goal was. Uh, Waved off there late. I've had a running joke with a couple other people in the Omaha press box that uh, I, I guess they're my Broncos this season. That I'm uh, <laughs> as as I told you guys early on, I, I've been drinking the Kool Aid up in Kalamazoo, I guess. But on, on paper with that team, I, I do think there's a lot to love there. Wow. I mean, you know, like I said, and they, you know, I, 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 like I said, I understand the score of the second game was, was three nothing, but it's not like. Duluth boxed them in and 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 no. Western and and Western was like, man, what do we got to do to get the puck in the zone? So, um, you know, and you're not going to win every game. You're just not. So, uh, well, let, let me say this, Jordan. I had a chance to see Denver play a couple of home series against Arizona State and against Air Force, and I saw Colorado College and I'll play St. Cloud State. And, and I can tell you that Colorado College is better than people are giving them credit for. And I can mm. also tell you that St. Cloud State is, uh, like I told uh, Nick Oliver uh, last night, I said, geez, Nick, I said, it looks like you guys are playing on the power play the whole time. It just looks like there's more um, St. Cloud State players on the ice than there really are. And I, I, I looked at it again, I looked at it again, I looked at some of my clips and I said, you know what it is? They have incredible speed. They have incredible hockey knowledge, but they intercept more passes in the neutral zone that that are going to get through uh, most teams. Then, uh, and, and that's something that, like um, Chris Mayotte said after the after last night's loss, he said that they just played that one-two-one and they just locked us down when they got the lead. And and then if they get in transition, they can finish. And that's the well, formula for a, a championship team in my book. Well, and one thing you just touched on there, I actually watched a decent amount of the uh, Friday night St. Cloud State CC game. Two big things that stood out to me. Number one, what you just touched on was that neutral zone play. Made it uh, made it tough for CC to really get anything going from the rush, but number two is that speed, especially you look at the Okabe, oh. the Cronillas of the world on that oh, roster, goodness. which from the uh, – 
local perspective here with Omaha, that's the big thing for me that I look at going into this this weekend series. Um, unless I'm mistaken with uh, Loveland is the only question mark for me. The Mavs have only played under the Olympic sheet once since February of 2020. That uh, They played a, a series out at CC last year in the second half that with St. Cloud speed up there, especially with the bigger ice, I know I know it's cliche to look at that and think, oh, that's going to be a factor. Oh, but no, there, no. there's no, no, there's, no deni- there's no denying that this weekend. And uh, no, also, little little other side note with that, whether it's Brodzinski or David Hrennick and Ned up there, there's a, there's a couple guys who have had a – number one, it seems like they've been in this conference for the last decade, but number two, <laughs> they, they've had – very good success to put it lightly against Omaha. So, <laughs> well, no, Jordan, let me let me tell you this: that that rink size is definitely something to consider because um, um, Brett Larson took his team to a local rink uh, in St. Cloud to practice on the limp on the regular size ice sheet this week to get prepared for uh, Ed Robeson Arena. And he said the first day as guys were running into the boards, he said never seen anything like it because uh, the guys were so used to playing on Olympic ice. Um, they'd only played one or two games so far this season on an NHL rink. So he said he actually had to have them practice a couple of times just to get a feel for it. And I think maybe on, on Friday night they, were, they still weren't. Um, St. Cloud. <laughs> yeah, St. Cloud wasn't accustomed to it yet. But then all of a sudden, Saturday night, boy, you could just see they turned it up. When they got the lead, it was like, yeah, you're not getting it back. And- well, and even er- earlier today, I was going to say I uh, actually retweeted, shared out the video on uh, on Twitter. But you look at that, I want to say it's the second or third goal St. Cloud State scored. The uh, cross-ice feed Kevin Fitzgerald had to Zach Okabe. Oh, it it was just sick. absolutely dancing around the CC zone at will and uh, tape, yeah. tape to tape right at the top of the crease. Good luck defending that is all I got to say. <laughs> okay, I got one more thing. Paul, before you jump in there, I got one more thing to say. Um, we, we have to talk while we're on the CC and uh, Omaha thing. Have you ever witnessed, Jordan, and I know this is the first year with this emphasis on the, the face-offs, but have you ever witnessed a team get a delay a game at the opening face-off? Opening of the game? Yeah. I have Omaha – I have not at the uh, beginning of the game. There was a play earlier this season. I want to say it was the second – it was either the second game of the season against Lake State or the second weekend against Maine that uh, Marty Sundberg on Omaha, who's out with an upper body injury right now, he got called for a delay a game for taking too long to come to the faceoff. And what had happened on the play before <laughs> was uh, Omaha shot the puck out of play. And obviously that's not a penalty and at the NCAA level that that's what a lot of people – whether it was on Twitter or in the press box, assumed at first that uh, I, I want to say it was, it was either Nate Stanton or Sam Rankin who was working that game that was the person who called it, that uh, Sundberg kind of took his time getting back to the bench and Omaha got rang up for the delay of game. That That's actually one of the first times I'd seen any type of delay of game penalty called in a face-off. But a uh, long-winded answer to get back to that. No, I have not at the start of a game. <laughs> well, well, this is how this started. Uh, Stanley Cooley was in the, in the face-off circle for the opening face-off. He was a little bit jumpy, 
Um, I, and I guess they warned him, but I didn't see that. Um, and then he, um, he got back in to take the draw. But before they took the draw, Brandon Schmidt blew the whistle and sent him to the box. Well, everybody, all 3,500 people that were in uh, Robeson Arena were wondering what happened. Um, so, so he goes to the box. They announce a delay game. They don't announce why it's a delay game. They don't tell Chris Mayot apparently because Chris told me he hadn't heard uh, anything all weekend, any explanations on calls. <laughs> so, and he was a little bit animated about that. But um, apparently that was uh, the second violation in a face-off circle. And uh, so as Chris told me, they, uh, they started the, the game on a penalty. And they did. And he said, we just took too many penalties, including the opening face-off. I mean, to look at it on the positive, at least your penalty killers have got fresh legs in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll take solace in that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 have, I have not heard of that. I, like you touched on it yourself. I know, and even on that matter, Donnie Adam was here in Omaha this weekend, kind of talking to him about it at the start of the season that the uh, – Face-offs are a real point of emphasis and something they want all their officials cracking down on. So uh, I guess uh, not waiting around too long in that game with CC and St. Cloud State to do so. Yeah, that yeah, was my I mean, thought how do you exactly. you one earlier? Yeah, that was, my, <laughs> that was my thought exactly. Is like, you know, I understand that, uh, you know, if somebody's cheating in the face-off circle or whatever – uh, in the attacking zone or whatever, but come on, opening face up. Maybe you should look the other way on that one because I don't think anybody was trying to get an advantage nor was going to gain an advantage at center ice. But anyway, so uh, I, I reached out to Michael Weissman, and, of course, he got back to me right away and told me that, uh, yeah, it's a point of emphasis, but uh, he was most disappointed that they didn't explain it to Chris Mayotte as to what happened. But anyway, it was an unusual way to start a game, and, uh, you never want to put St. Cloud State in the power play, even though they didn't score on that one. Um, they can score at will anytime they're on the power play. Well, especially when you said they looked like they were on the power play without being up a man. In. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just all over the ice, and, and they're so deep. Uh, I, I asked Nick Oliver, I said, you know, two guys stood out to me. Micah Miller I thought was fantastic, and I thought Kevin Fitzgerald was fantastic. And first thing out of his mouth was, well – one of them is a fifth-year senior, and one of them's a true senior. So, uh, yeah, uh, that that's why. <laughs> yeah, Ke Kevin Fitzgerald is uh, definitely one of the the. I don't know if I want to use the term underrated, especially with what Saint Cloud did last year and uh, how much of a known commodity they are. But between the pod and second half last year, he's a uh, he's a good little player. Brett Larson has. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think he has any bad ones. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk North Dakota Denver because I had a chance to visit with David Carl before they left for North Dakota. I said I joked with him. I said, "Hey, if you're going to North Dakota, go the first week of November instead of the first week of January." Um, so I got a wry smile out of him on that one. But um, Denver hasn't won on the road yet. Surprising? Yeah, that, <laughs> very. <laughs> that was. Uh... Actually, same situation here. Talked to DC last Wednesday, I want to say, leading into that series. Kind of a uh, about the response. And also, I know out east with the Providence and BC games, they had, number one, the collapse on the first part of that trip, but number two, just overall coming back empty-handed. Kind of a, uh, 
I don't know how you want to look at it with a good or a bad timing for the bye week to hit the reset, but also knowing that you've got to wait the extra week to get that bad taste out of your mouth. That uh, DC had kind of said that spirits were higher on the group and looking at it as a uh, fresh start going into North Dakota, but I can't imagine now four straight losses, especially with as young of a group as they have. My big, uh, my big fear or concern from that matter is looking at last season with the pod. I don't, I don't want to use the term unraveled, but they got off to the slow start playing against a lot of good competition <laughs> right there. And yeah, obviously it was, was, was not the year that Denver wanted that uh, if they want to get back to that uh, tournament resume and number two, playing how David Carl and that Denver program late in the year is used to, got to hit the light switch here these next couple weeks and get back on track. But I will also say with Denver's freshman class, you saw it this weekend, whether it's Rizzo or Barons, they, uh, they've got all the tools there that uh, I almost wonder from the outside looking in how, how much or how far one big win for that group to just get the confidence and kind of winning experience under that group will take them. Yeah, I think it's got to be a road win. I know this weekend they have yeah, yeah, that's at home. But it, it's got to be a road win for that confidence because I think they're very comfortable at uh, at Magnus. But David told me flat out, he said, you know, uh, I don't think it was anything more than between our ears. He said uh, it just got in our head. I mean, we uh, we didn't have a good response when we when uh, we gave up those goals to Providence, and we didn't have a good response when uh, we had to play Boston College the next night. So. Uh, I don't know what happened up in North Dakota. I mean, I'm supposed to see him Tuesday. Um, I'm glad it's not tomorrow because I think he needs another day to cool off. But, <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, I'll I see him you, on Tuesday. <laughs> I can tell you what happened on Friday night. They just got unlucky Friday night. They, they yeah, had, and they, Paul, maybe that maybe that's what Jordan is saying too. If uh, maybe they need to get some puck luck one night for that confidence. You know, they 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 you know they had a player go down and get injured, and and have a turnover in, in the neutral zone. Um, but they didn't have anybody back cause the player was down. He basically hit his head up against the board sliding, you know, uh, getting tangled up with a, with a North Dakota player and ended up going almost head first into the boards. And it just took him a, you know, he couldn't get up in time as you would expect. And, you know, and the second goal was just a, a fluky, like off a stick kind of, uh, goal like a few like less than a minute later it's just you know as they were trying to recover from that first goal and and they just they were just unlucky on Friday night Saturday night was a little bit of a different story but um you know it's not I don't think that North Dakota out you know outplayed Denver um by that much on 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 Friday uh, Saturday different story uh Saturday um, Denver as good as they are, no team can play. You know, uh, North Dakota is pretty good four on four too. Uh, as they got, you know, forget the empty netter, but they got two four four on four goals. You know, and they, when you have Jake Sanderson and 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 guys like that, you know, especially on the back end, and I know Denver has their players too, but you know. Uh, Got to stay out of the box. Uh, you're playing North Dakota at home, and that's always tricky. You know, um, you know, maybe if they're playing that game in Denver. And by the way, it was also a, a totally chippy game on Friday, on Saturday night. Uh, 
it was um it was nasty it was um it was really a a, a uh, um um it was not a clean game let's put it that way both guys both teams went at it um a lot of uh, chippiness and then that, you know and that leads to all the penalties at the end of the game including a, a couple of game misconducts and some contact to the heads not that they were trying to hit people in the heads but it was just getting that kind of chippy on Saturday night yeah for sure um before we talk about next week and then uh, let Jordan go because I know he's got a real life uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I I want to tell you a couple things that that, that Chris Mayotte said you know uh, Friday night, Jordan, everybody wanted to pat him on the back and say, hey, you know, you hung with uh, uh, the number one team in the country. You actually outplayed them at times. You probably should have won that game. And and, and he basically come out, came out and told us, he said, um, we don't play to hang around. We play to win hockey games. And um, that's the way we're going to be all year. So no matter what people think of us, uh, we're not happy hanging around. And uh, he was very, very animated about that. It's uh, – he wants his guys to, to go out there and win hockey games. And, and he said, you don't play the game not to win. So um, just your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, r- real quick, uh, one more thing going back to Paul's point there about the Denver-North Dakota series. Uh, you hit the nail on the head with Friday night. With that, that game was much closer than that final score indicated at the end of it. But I, I will say I do think that kind of uh, – comes down to you see the frustration boil over Saturday, which was a big factor in that from the Denver side of it. Um, and also Jake Sanderson, the best player in this conference, hands down when you're talking yeah. about defensemen there. With right. Mayotte, though, I, and it goes back to media day up in St. Paul to kind of paraphrase, but I, I actually asked him a question. You lose the Crookshank, the Slave, all the roster turnover that – he kind of inherited. You look at it as a fresh start, but do you look at this year as a rebuild? And his approach to that was, yes, to a point, realistically, you have to, but at the same time, we want to win now. There's no such thing as a moral victory. And I, I do think that uh, kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what you were saying from their post-game Friday, that whether it's him, Peter Menino, Mark Stewart, with that whole coaching staff they have out there, that – Yes, they might not have the guns or the pieces in place that they feel they're going to in the next couple of years here, but there's a, if, if you're going to put in the time to be coaching there, you might as well hit the ground running. Yeah. Let, let me tell you two things on that, and then I'll, I'll let you uh, break us down what's going to happen this week. Um, but um, uh, Paul says it all the time, is that he doesn't even need to listen to me. When I send him a video, he can just look by his face and, and know what he's going to say. Um, I think that's the same way being around that team quite a bit now for the last month. I think that uh, that's the same type of thing with his players. And I don't think he even has to say anything. I think they look on his face and, and I use Friday night as, and Saturday night both as an example. It's kind of like when you disappoint your dad or something, somebody that you really <laughs> trust. I mean, you you know that you disappointed them so they don't have to really even say anything to you. Uh, and that's the relationship that he's already got with this squad, which normally does not happen right away. I just told Scott that I wanted to play poker with him, George. And that's all. <laughs> he's got no, at, at no least poker from what face. I can, he's got no poker face. So no. let's go. 
Okay, so so Jordan, this weekend I'm going to be at Denver, Western Michigan. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge game, a huge series, just like uh, Saint Cloud State and Colorado College was. But um, let's start right there. What do you think about that matchup? Yeah, uh, just kind of on the, the forefront going into it. I, uh, I I do think Denver comes, especially like I said, with that frustration at the end of the North Dakota game. I do think Denver comes in with something to prove. Uh, obviously, Western's no slouch. Just going into it off the top of my head, I, I would not be surprised to see a split in that weekend out there with uh, how both of those teams have looked here so far. Uh, Big high or big keys off the top of my head. Thinking about it from Denver's perspective, got to find a way to slow down Ethan Frank up front. But at the same time, I know Paul Washi, Josh Basalt, a couple of those other next tier per se guys in that lineup find a way to step up against Duluth. That uh, they've been finding scoring other alternatives. But the the big thing for that weekend too, or that series, I should say, is between the pipes. I know you got a little bit of a. Uh, each end of the extreme with Magnus Krona coming back. He uh, last year struggled. He's had his moments here this year. Be a good time for the uh, Denver netminder to step up. I know that was somebody DC and I talked about a lot next weekend and still expected more there. But also with Brandon Bussey, uh, he's, uh, as we've talked before, Paul, a lot of that Western team is going to depend on his shoulders this season. But that's uh, one of the big factors I see that series coming down to. And, if uh, if you're asking for predictions on my end, we're gonna go split out at Magnus. Well, listen, especially on the road with the goalie. I mean, you know, we it's not a, a big secret that when you go on the road, no matter what, it takes you a couple of minutes to kind of get your feet wet. No matter how much of experience you might have, you're just not playing at home, even if you've played in a building before. You know, and yeah, you don't, and you're not playing it. You're not, you, I don't care what anybody says. You're not playing at altitude. And even if you're experienced it before, take you half a period, maybe take you the first period before you kind of get your true legs under you. Because practice is not a game. Okay. So, so let me ask you this then, Jordan Colorado College headed to Duluth. What happens up there? Well, I, I will say a much different story of uh, CC was the one team to upend Duluth last year, if you remember that, both here in the pod uh, and in the I second half that. with, with uh, Don Bassey stealing a game. I uh, I know I haven't been as high on Duluth as some people this year, but at the same time, Scott Sandlin's teams always seem to figure out a way to get that done. I know Ryan Fanty this weekend got hot between the pipes for them too. Um Go Bulldog sweep, up, especially first first weekend up at Amsoil for that series in conference play. They just know how to win. It just doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> it just doesn't matter or seem to matter who's putting on the uniform. It just they just find a way to do it somehow, well, some way. Well, well, when you think Duluth is one of those teams that's going to finish in the bottom half of the conference, if uh, comes down to it, you know it, and I know it. That's going to mean they're going to turn around and win the national championship. Oh yeah, season. I mean, just, I mean, <laughs> they they are the vampires. You you better put that silver bullet in them, or you better put that wooden stake through the heart because that's the only way they go away. Okay, the final two, Jordan. Go ahead and break them down because they're your uh, they're your two, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually uh, heading up to St. Cloud Thursday morning, so it should nice. be a. Uh, Fun series up there at the Herb for it. Uh, I, I know you two love numbers as much as any, so I'm just going to throw a few at you. I've got uh, 
some prep stuff in front of me here. But uh, when I talked earlier about David Hrennick's luck versus Omaha, 7-0 and with a 1-2-3 goals against and a 9-51 save percentage in his career versus the Mavs. That's a lot. Uh, he, <laughs> he's uh, had two shutouts in that stretch too and averaging four and a half goals of uh, – as you like to call it with pitchers and baseball run support, but getting the support in front of him that uh, St. Cloud state has done that man favors and seems to have the Mavs number um, up front too. I really, really do think that speed is going to be the biggest factor this, this weekend with it. And on top of it for the Mavs already without Matt Miller, without Sunberg, Johnny Tyconic on the back end. And from, from bad to worse, you throw a chase primo on top of that, who, uh, Got hit with the shot Friday night at the end of the game. Missed last night, and uh, from what I was told, did uh, did not look in great shape leaving the arena. So that uh, early in the week, obviously, we'll get a better idea here in the next couple of weeks, but I would not be surprised to see you add Primo to that list. And when you're without four of your key pieces to begin with, you throw your first road test of the season, your first road games, mind you, on the Olympic sheet of ice. Plus, just knowing how good St. Cloud is being the number one team in the country, as much as I uh, hate to say it from the covering Omaha perspective, I, I see the Huskies taking two this weekend up there. Yeah, it'd be hard. It really be. It's got to be hard to, to see it any other way. I mean, um, I you know I I don't want to root against. You know, I'm not rooting against anybody, at least not in this conference. But it's just hard to 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 think that that uh, with all those guys out that that Omaha's. Oh, listen, Isaiah Seville is, is just as capable as anybody of stealing a game, and you kind of hope that uh, he gives them one of those chances at least in one of these two games, right? Well, well, and the other thing I will say with Omaha with this weekend, you you savvy is a classic example. Friday night, nine saves on 13 shots. And I know a couple fluky goals got by him, especially with the redirections on those two in 19 seconds at the end of the third. And like like any goalie out there, you're going to have your off nights on top of it. But I do think this weekend against Miami, sure, you get the pressure, you get all the shots, all the attack to show for it. But it, the past two weekends, for that matter, they've had uh, – that offensive zone time and everything else that comes with it almost at will. But at the same time, it's shown a little bit of the cracks and flaws with Omaha's game that uh, you haven't, I, I do think that strength to schedule does raise some question marks. Let's see how they do once they get into play here. But the, the two teams they've seen Lakes Superior state and Miami that uh, I kind of would consider the outliers in that group. They've split in both situations. And you look at this weekend going into it, as we touched on with those guys out hostile environment, first time away, mind you playing 10 games to start the year at Baxter and as much as they played at home last year. And just see it as kind of a uh, overmatched tough test for them going into it here. So hopefully uh, from that perspective, they proved me wrong. I know they've done that a time or two before. <laughs> so well, listen, I we'll, uh, we'll see how it boils down. And I know you're, I know you're out of time, but I'm going to ask you one final one. North yeah, Dakota has it. to go to Oxford, so uh, it, North Dakota just going to continue doing what North Dakota does, or is uh, Ludwig going to uh, make an appearance? Yeah, uh, North North Dakota is going to do what North Dakota does. <laughs> Always. I, uh, I, 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 I feeling. 
Uh, I know Pearson Friday night stood on his head with it, but just up front with Miami this weekend. Uh, love Chris Bergeron, love what he's been able to do with that program, especially trending forward, but at the same time, it's just not there for what they need to go head-to-head with with the Fighting Hawks. And also on top of it, they were without Joe Cassetti this week. I know he was sick, who was one of their top scorers coming into it. They're also dealing with a little bit of the injury bug. Ryquist on defense for them is another big cog that uh, not doing themselves many favors and also North Dakota's riding momentum. You, you really think about it from that. Uh, I know they might not be the North Dakota the last couple of years with the Pinto, Kawaguchi, Weatherby group, but at the same time, after that Quinnipiac series and the Bemidji State loss, for that matter, in front of that, They've uh they came out ready to play against the Pioneers, who arguably are another one of those top teams in the country. That you do that against Denver, I uh, leaves little to no doubt going into Oxford. Well, listen, this is what happens when your entire roster is in Ottawa. That's just the way it is. <laughs> um, and you know, I mean, it's just um, the, the 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 thing you got to look for, and if you're a Miami fan, um, you're hoping that. They come down and kind of over. They play a trap sort of game, and Pearson steals one. And North Dakota's not necessarily looking ahead, but just kind of after having a, a a tough series against Denver, that they kind of relax a little bit, and you catch them off balance early, and put a couple in in the first period, and 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 get the crowd going and lock it down. Um, I mean, to me, that's that's the way. You, you, uh, if I'm a Miami fan, that I'm, I'm hoping it goes down. That doesn't mean it will, but that's the way I'm hoping it goes down because that's, I think, the Miami's best shot uh, of of getting that done. What, well, John, what, what, one last question from my end to, to you two. I know uh, at the start they're talking about those national rankings. You see what happens with LaFontaine this weekend with the Gophers. How far are they sliding in your national scale? <laughs> that's a heavy sigh. That's a heavy sigh. Where um, do I want them to fall, or where did I actually put them? <laughs> I put that other maroon and gold team at nine. It just they just got, got a, too much. Good he's got another name for the the uh, the golfers, but it's not the golden golfers. He's got his own name for them. There, there, can't say on the. On there might be kids listening. Yeah, yeah there might. <laughs> but one hundred percent. I it, I look at them a lot like. Uh, you know, a team that's really overconfident, and uh, and I think they they think they can win on paper. And uh, I saw somebody on Twitter who's a, a big Gopher supporter say, you know what, they have a one in a million chance or whatever it was of getting uh, to win a national championship if they continue to play like this and think they can win on paper. Uh, good. <laughs> so yeah they're they, they have to prove it uh you know because i don't think the big 10 other than michigan i don't think the big 10 is as powerful as they think they are and they're certainly not the nchc and i'm sure you'd agree with that yeah i will i will happily join along that train <laughs> yep let's go bring it up. We, we got plenty of room let's go <laughs> get on that blank and gophers uh <laughs> fan club so to speak uh and I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I sit there and I watched Penn State play North Dakota and Nashville and I'm like, wow, maybe this team's better than I thought. And then they go out and 
you know, basically, um, like, oh, yeah, we forgot we don't play a lot of defense and we don't do this. And <laughs> we get swept at Ohio State. And, um, nobody's exactly saying that Ohio State is is uh, St. Cloud State, that's for sure. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. I uh, love to do this every month because it's a great catch-up and uh, it's just going to get better and better as the uh, the year pro- progresses. So hopefully I'm going to catch up with you somewhere. We're going to cross paths somewhere. I know we are. Paul, <laughs> yeah, Paul won't because he'll be in his basement. But you don't have to leave. We, we, we can send him a, a picture, FaceTime him, and uh, make, make him feel included. So <laughs> Oh, yeah, but, that, like that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I was going to say too that uh, – this weekend coming up should definitely be a uh, number one, a fun weekend of hockey to watch, but number two, a real measuring stick for some of these teams with it. So whether uh, whether we're talking again next Sunday or here in a few weeks, we'll uh, we'll have a lot to discuss, I'm sure. So oh, for sure, absolutely. Well, safe travels up to St. Cloud and uh, tell Brett uh, that he should talk to the media after games too. <laughs> well, well, not, well, not just send Nick out to do the dirty work oh, for him. We'll, 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 we'll see about that. Uh, my my uh, deadline might not appreciate it. So Listen, as long as he comes on the show like he did last week, that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jordan, thanks for joining us. Uh, Paul and I will be back to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Live in two minutes. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jordan. Plan your next trip, or perhaps your first trip in a while. Drury Hotels has over 150 locations to help you travel happy again. Winners of 16 consecutive JD Power Awards for guest satisfaction, Drury Hotels treats you right. Free hot breakfast and happy hours, 24-hour fitness and business centers, as well as more than enough Wi-Fi bandwidth to take care of all your connectivity needs. Whether you're traveling for business, catching a hockey game, or just trying to reconnect with cozy moments, Drury Hotels have the location and amenities you need when looking for a place to stay. Call 1-800-DRURY-IN or go to druryhotels.com and book your stay today. Drury Hotels, where our home is your home. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask, behindthemask.com. And Scott Strand, joining you from 8,000 feet above sea level in the beautiful Colorado Rocky Mountains. Paul Hornstein, my co-host as always, joining me from the uh, luxurious uh, palatial uh, estate yeah. on Long Island, New York. Yeah. Um, Paul, we, we kind of wrapped everything up. We could have gone on another hour, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I know Jordan had to go. He, he, he wanted, he, he told me he could stay on for till 20 after the hour and we kept him till 30 after the hour. So I'm wow. sorry, Jordan, but, uh, <laughs> we, we had to dig into it and, uh, there's no better source for NCHC coverage than Jordan McAlpine. No. And I mean, you know, it's, and you know, we know he's in Omaha, but he's got this conference locked down and I just try to learn from him. So. Um, 
you know, it's and it's and it and it's always a good time and and you know, it's when you're learning stuff and 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 you're getting the information and 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 you get a few laughs to go along with it, it's it's pretty darn good. Okay, so uh, we'll just quickly repeat what's going on in the NCHC. Colorado College headed to Minnesota Duluth. Uh, Denver will be playing host to Western Michigan. North Dakota's on its way to Miami. And uh, Omaha will be headed to St. Cloud State. Um, Arizona State traveling to Quinnipiac. How big is this series, Paul? You have Quinnipiac at, what, number six yeah, right I now? Do. So, so how big is this series for both Quinnipiac and Arizona State? Well, as I said, I, I I I think it's a kind of a crossroads series. Um, like I said, you know, like I said, I thought that Quinnipiac was the better team in both of the North Dakota games, even though they split. Uh, they've struggled to put the puck in the net. Uh, gotten a bunch of shots in these in these last few games, but they really struggled to to score. Um, and you know, we're gonna find out what ASU is this weekend when they go to Hamden because um, it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's not the season opener, the home opener for, for Denver like it was when they went to Denver. And uh, they've had a chance to make whatever adjustments Coach Powers wants to make as they were off this weekend. Um, and, you know, they've, they've won a few games in a row here now, so they should have a little bit of confidence. But basically – um, it's, 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 it, we are going to find out what they're made of this weekend. Yeah, up, for up sure. We're, we, yeah. I, I don't think there's any question about it. This is, you know, Denver's obviously Denver and they're struggling right now. Um, but you know, they get the benefit of the doubt and so does Quinnipiac. Okay. Because so they've done uh, it year after year. Air Force has another series this weekend. Yeah, they're 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 at home this weekend for Bentley. Yep, um, who and pulled a couple of upsets already this year. Exactly. And going back to the Willie Rhyme thing, I can't tell you uh, how important that kid is. But uh, you know how when they play exhibition games and the coaches uh, say we just want to get through them without injuries. Well, Willie Rhyme took his hit, and it was a ferocious hit. Uh, right at center ice, pretty much along the boards, uh, in the center of the rink, I should say, and along the boards. Um, and it, after that game, and he left the game, um, everybody seemed to, to think that he was going to be okay. He was up in the uh, the, the uh, seats watching the next game and seemed like that was going to be it. Well, guess what? He missed the Colorado College Series. He now missed the Niagara Series. Um I'm going to be down there this week, so I'll obviously do some digging to find out. But, um, man, they they got to learn to adjust without Willie. Yeah, well, is that always the case when you lose a big player? It takes a while to adjust. Yep, and uh, I guess home cooking would help. So, it's certainly uh, not going to hurt, that's for sure. So, so we'll find out what happens down there on that. But, okay, anything else we need to dig into since we're already about seven minutes past the, uh, well, the hour? That's what we do. Uh, some other <laughs> yeah. interesting series. Uh um, in the CCHA, you have the uh, Upper Peninsula Series, or one of them this weekend, between Northern and Michigan Tech. Uh, Bowling Green and Minnesota State will also be interesting. Uh, as the teams here on the East Coast kind of start to, to spread out a little bit and you kind of get a feel for what they are, 
Um, we're, we're still trying to get a feel for this ECAC teams. Uh, BC playing at Connecticut uh, this weekend uh, in the first game because when they don't play back to backs against teams, at least not in the same building. Uh, so that's that's just kind of uh, an, an interesting game there. Um, you have UMass and B and BU playing a series this weekend, a home and home. Uh, and we're going to find out what BU is this weekend. Uh, so that that's a big series, and um, you know there's 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 just it's just interesting games all around. Um, my my friends out here on Long Island uh, will play their first home game against the D one team on uh, Friday night against Princeton. Uh, so that'll be something to keep an eye on, and uh, there's just you know it's. I don't know. I need more screens. That's all. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's wrap it up with a repeat of the Super 16 for this week. You can catch it on our Twitter account tomorrow. Uh, it is St. Cloud State number one, Minnesota State number two, Minnesota Duluth three, Michigan four, North Dakota five, Quinnipiac six, Western Michigan seven, Denver eight, Minnesota Golden Gophers nine, University of Massachusetts Lowell is 10, Bemidji State 11, uh, Omaha number 12, Lake Superior State 13, UMass, the defending NCAA champions number 14, uh, Bowling Green number 15, and Harvard, who, by the way, on Friday Night Ball, Harvard was number one in the pairwise, is number 16. Yeah, so Brown was number two the other day, so, <laughs> I mean. It is what it is. <laughs> All right, if you don't have anything else, let's say goodnight. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the masks, College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey, SW.com Network, brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue, Las Vegas style and now available at our new spot at all Allegiant Stadium events. By the NCHC and nchc.tv, subscribe to nchc.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Boost Mobile. Bring your current phone to any location and learn how to get a new SIM card free when you switch to Boost Mobile. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey Fabulous Las Vegas Atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, Tuesday night, you want to make sure you join us for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. We have the uh, um, head coach at Robert Morris University, uh, Derek Schooley, joining us. Uh, he's going to talk about his big fundraiser event that went off today in Pittsburgh. Well, not just for him, the to- women's team, too. Uh, them too, but we uh, we're trying to uh, reinstate 
RMU hockey. So uh, we'll look forward to talking to Derek about that on Tuesday night, tomorrow night, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, myself and Rob Rothfarb. And Wednesday night, Stephen Marsh and myself will join you with Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So from 8,000 feet plus in beautiful Blackhawk, Colorado, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Good night. Good night, everybody.